Hello, everyone, and welcome to ACTUS Radio, the nation's only radio program dedicated to clinical documentation improvement program. ACTUS Radio is a bi-weekly program dedicated to bring you closer to the decision makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to, to the CDI profession and ACTUS. Today, Wednesday, August 1st, marks our 102nd program. My name is Melissa Varnavis. I'm the Editorial Director of ACTUS, the Association of Clinical Documentation Improvement Specialists. I'll be your host for today's program while uh, our ACTUS Director, Brian Murphy, is on vacation. Today's program is focused on the 2019 ACTUS Conference and discussing ways to turn your program successes into sharing and learning opportunities for the entire CDI community. I'm joined today by my co-host, Sheila Bullock. She's DHA, BSN, BMA, CCDS, CCS, CAH, IMS, and she's an assistant professor at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, a past member of the ACTUS Advisory Board, and nurse planner for our organization, helping to ensure that our educational events meet the strict requirements of the AMCC. Welcome to the program, Sheila. Good morning, Melissa and all attendees. Next, I'd like to introduce today's other guests, members of the 2018 and 2019 ACTUS Conference Committee. You can read their complete bios there on your screen, but please join me in welcoming Jennifer Cooper. She's the HIM Director and Privacy Officer at Hunt Regional Healthcare in Greenville, Texas, and co-leader of the Texas ACTUS Chapter. Thank you for having me. We also have, great to have you, Jennifer. And we also have uh, Dr. Faisal Hussein, who is the Corporate CDI Director in Clinical Services at CHSPSC LLC in, in Franklin, Tennessee, which consists of over 110 hospitals in 20 states. Welcome to the program, Dr. Hussein. Thanks, Melissa, for the introduction. Happy to be back here on Actus Radio. The call for conference committee members went out to our our to our um, Actus membership back in June, and we received more than 75 volunteers who threw their hat in the ring. The committee includes three past members to ensure continuity and to identify opportunities and process improvement year over year. This year, we've also included three members of the ACTS Advisory Board who will help oversee the committee's efforts and ensure alignment with overarching association best practices. I encourage folks to visit the ACTS site under Membership and Boards and Committees to get to know all of this year's volunteers. As uh, Brian usually does, I'm going to go ahead and start our program with an ACTUS poll. So the poll on your screen reads, um, what does your team see is the primary objective or goal in attending the ACTUS conference? The first option is training new staff, so staff that's less than a year, has less than a year's worth of experience. Educating mid-level CDI professionals, you know, so for those folks who are are well versed in um, in CDI, but you know, maybe wanting to learn a little bit more. Providing advanced program enhancement ideas, rewarding the entire team, or not sure, and I really don't attend the ACTUS conference. So we'll leave that open a little bit while longer. I'm gonna reread the question. What does your team see as the primary objective or goal in attending the ACTUS conference? The first option is training new staff. The second is educating mid-level CDI professionals. The third is providing advanced program enhancement ideas, rewarding the entire team, or not sure, I don't uh, don't attend. 
So thanks, everyone, for entering your results. We'll be returning to the poll in, in a few minutes, more um, around the close of the program. It looks like most of the folks have, have entered have entered their their results there. So we appreciate we appreciate that. So welcome again to Actus Radio, and thanks so much for being a part of it. As I mentioned, the call for volunteers went out in June, and, in, and our conference committee is composed of three past members and nine newcomers and three advisory board liaisons, and you can learn more about them on the Actus website under boards and, commi under boards and committees where you'll find everyone's uh, complete bios. We've also been sharing those bios with you through our email newsletter CDI strategies in the past couple of weeks. We aim to have a well-rounded group from, of diverse professionals, HIM, coding, physician, and nursing, and experience levels as well. So those with relatively little experience working alongside those with multiple years in CDI in order to provide the conference with a robust uh, sense of experience to meet the needs of everyone working in the field. And I'm really confident that this year's committee will strive to do just that. Uh, Dr. Hussein, do you want to talk a little bit about the work that the committee has done and, and what the committee actually does and what its what its other job is? Sure. Thanks, Melissa. You know, having been involved with a conference committee for past several years, it, it has been heartening to see our evolution towards ensuring representation of people with diverse CDI backgrounds on the committee. And you know, it has also been very reassuring to see an increase in diversity of the speaker applicants as well. Each year, the committee is tasked to make it the best of a conference. Um, there is a lot of work involved behind the scenes, and one of the most important aspects is the selection of speakers for the conference. As the attendees of last year's conference may have noticed, we made changes to our tracks compared to prior year. And that is usually where we start as a committee each year. We try to identify any needs for changes to track selections for our attendees and then come up with a list of must-have session topics based on those tracks. Since we received an overwhelmingly positive feedback at this year's conference, we have decided to persist with separate tracks for outpatient CDI and pediatric CDI. In addition to these two tracks, we, we, we will have our popular coding and clinic, clinical track the regulatory and quality initiatives track, and my personal favorite, expansion and innovation track. We, we, we did, however, make a change to the old management and leadership track. It has now been changed to professional development track to better reflect its, its contents and to open the track to a larger number of possible attendees, including people who may not already be in a leadership or a management role but do see themselves in one in future. The committee has also finalized a list of suggested topics based on the tracks I just mentioned. The topics were decided keeping in mind the community needs at this point in time. And you know you can find it on the ACTIS website. Since the committee will give priority to applications that conform to these identified topics, I strongly recommend going over this list of suggested topics before you begin to develop your proposal. Having said this though, you know, I do want I do not want to discourage anyone from submitting their proposal. If there is something out of the box and interesting that they want to share with the industry, go ahead. You know, the committee will look at such applications and may consider them, especially if the content is good and we have enough successful submissions to cover our must-have topics. 
We will, however, expect every application to have a clear outline. Just an abstract idea for presentation is not good enough, uh, no matter how good the idea seems on paper. So this year, we have made few changes and additions to these requirements so as to make sure that our attendees get the sessions that they expect going in. Uh, you all, I'm sure, will be hearing about it in a bit. Back to you, Melissa. Jennifer, you want to go ahead and explain some of the elements that we've added this year? Yes, I'd be happy to do that. Um, so in previous years, the committee would request sample presentations from the speaker to get an idea of the quality of some of their previous presentations. But this year, we would like to see an actual draft presentation to accompany the proposal. Um, this will help us better evaluate the proposal by seeing what will be included. So, in other words, your proposal and your draft presentation should match. Um, another option that we've included is um, for speakers to provide a recording or a soundbite of their presentation. This will just give us a, a feel for how engaging the speaker will be. I don't think that this is an actual requirement, but it will help you stand out in your proposal. Sheila, do you have anything to weigh in for the recording? Um, we will provide um, instructions for that, and um, it can either be um, just a narrated PowerPoint or if you want to do a little MP4, um, but we'll give uh, further instructions to the uh, people who are submitting. Um, and I'm like you, Jennifer, that, that will um, provide a, a little extra boost when we're reviewing um, presentations. Right. And then finally... Great. Thank you. Oh, I was going to say one more thing. Go right ahead. Go right ahead, Jennifer. Keep going. Okay. The committee will be part of the final review of the presentation to again ensure that the presentation matches what was submitted, as this is what will be expected to be presented at the conference. And um, this also helps us give a better depiction of how to evaluate the education levels for beginners and intermediate and advanced sessions, because we know there's a variety of uh, experience levels that come to the conferences. Fantastic. Thank you both. I really appreciate it. Um, again, as uh, Faisal mentioned, we'll be opening the speaker application process this week. And as he mentioned, the committee developed that list of suggested topics, and we'll go through that a little bit later on in the program in a little bit more detail. Um, that This is a list of topics that the committee fields are, are needed at this point in time. And the list will be available on the ACTIS website. We expect to deliver um, more detailed information to the ACTIS community by the end of the day today in a direct email to you providing these details, as well as in tomorrow's email newsletter, CDI Strategies. So watch for both of those things to come to your, to your inboxes and as well to the ACTIS website. When thinking about your proposal, consider um, what items you've enjoyed over the years and what you maybe didn't enjoy so much. Some things that you know you wish that you had learned or things that you had picked up that you think you might be able to offer to the ACTIS community. Also as a reminder, and I think that Dr. Hussein said this as well, that the conference is a true sharing, learning, and networking experience. So if you implemented a, a new review process or a physician education program that resulted in big changes to your CDI success rates, 
It'd be really great for you to think about sharing that with others. Sheila, we talked a little bit um, already about presentation tips and things. Um, do you have any other suggestions that you might like to share with our listeners today? Um, yes, I think over the years of reviewing um, presentations and then actually attending the conferences, attendees like real-world practical examples and case studies. Um, just as you said, they, they like to see what has worked and what did not work. They like to see the good, bad, and the ugly. And actionable tips that will help them um, in, in their practice. And a, a good thing is always to make sure that your title of your presentation is it actually catches on with what you're um, really talking about. Limit clip art. It's nice to have a little bit in there, but um, sometimes that's copyrighted material. And be creative. Um, we've had things that act as like boxing matches, and contests, and things of that nature, and it really gets everybody excited and draws them in as well as learning something. So creativity is real important, and it really um, adds to your program. And the last little thing I'd like to add is because this is educational, our printers, our presenters cannot really um, talk about or market a specific product or service. Back to you, Melissa. Thanks so much, Sheila. I really appreciate it. So, um, just as we had said, um, the call for the presentations is going to open. It's going to open this week. Um, I'm going to pull up in just a second what that uh, proposal looks like. Hopefully you can see it on your screen now. Um, this will be the link to the platform. You can log in and I'll walk you through a little bit of, of what this will look like. Hopefully. <laughs> Bear with me just one second. So Sheila, while I'm while I'm doing that, do you mind um, talking a little bit more about some of the best conference presentations that that you've enjoyed over the years? Certainly, um, I really enjoy those things that are relevant today things that I might have heard just a little bit about, but I don't really totally understand. Um, I think if there's people on the, the call today that have been to um, one of Dr. Kennedy's coding clinic um, sessions, they probably really enjoyed that because he is so lively and talks about things that are new and what we can do to integrate those into our practice. And then I've been to role plays, um, really enjoyed those because you could see uh, two sides of things. And I think one of the funnest things that we did was like the little boxing match between the, the nurse CDI and the coder. Um, I think some of us have always had some kind, uh, some type of um, conflict in our workplace. And that was kind of funny, but it really taught us a good lesson. So those kinds of things, and sometimes when you use props, um, it gets, it, 
piques people's interest. What are you going to do with that prop? So those kinds of things. Of course, we always want our content to be uh, relevant. We want it to be current. And those are some of the things that we will be reviewing when we um, start reviewing the presentations. Jennifer, would you like to talk a little bit about the submission process? <clears throat> um, sure, so the submission process, I think, is what Melissa is um, getting up on the um, web screen, so she can help us walk through how to create those presentations. But I'll just note that once the submission process is closed, the committee will go and review each of those proposals and will rate them based on a series of um, roughly 12 questions. We assess the clarity of the proposal, qualifications of the speaker, alignment with the current best practices and needs of the overall program. So when we're reviewing these um, proposals, we'll also keep in alignment with some of the suggested items that we had put out on that list that we've had up previously. Um, I can't speak to how we will review them as far as will each person review every single uh, proposal or will we kind of break it up into sections, which is what we did last year, um, to, to make it go through a little bit quicker because um, it is quite it is quite lengthy to review all those proposals, um, but it, it's actually pretty fun as well. And Jennifer, thanks, Jennifer. thanks Sheila. Go ahead, Sheila. I was just going to say we typically have at least 175 proposals. So for just 50 sessions, that's a lot of proposals that your proposal is going to go up against. So you really want to make sure that that proposal is really robust. Absolutely. Um, thanks, Jula. And so our attendees on the call today are seeing up on their screen now, hopefully, um, what the opening of the submission process looks like. You'll be asked to um, log in to create a new ID, and that's real simple. You just um, enter your name and um, excuse me, your email address, and uh, then you can view and edit edit your profile, and then click here to begin a new presentation. You'd enter a presentation title, and I'll, I'll show you, and I'll, we'll just say that this is a, a test, and then uh, presentation category, which in our case is presentation. There's also a, an option for poster presentation, um, so if you're interested in that, you know, please keep that in mind, but right now we're opening the call for speaker presentation, so you'd want to choose presentation and then uh, continue. Um, and you'll see a number of tasks here under underneath that. And there are uh, six steps, essentially. One is your speaker details. Under your speaker details, we will ask for your qualifications, any previous speaking experience, uh, name of a, a reference, and reference contact information. And then under speakers, again, is uh, additional information. So if you are going to be the only speaker, that's fine. Um, but if you have an additional speaker that you'd like to add, you add that person's contact information in there as well. And then uh, presentation information, this is where you would enter a little bit more information regarding the presentation. So the presentation title, um, here is where we have our tracks. We, as uh, Dr. Hussein mentioned, we have six tracks. We kept most of them um, similar to what we had last year with the one notable change of changing management and leadership into a professional development track. So there's Track one is clinical and coding. Track two is professional development. Track three is quality and regulatory. Track four is innovation and expansion. Track uh, five is pediatric CDI, and track six is outpatient. And then we ask you to rank basic, intermediate, or advanced. And on our, on our detailed suggestion list, and I will just pull that up right here, 
there are additional note sections that outlines what we are thinking, what the committee is thinking in terms of what a basic session or what an advanced session might be in each one of those possible tracks. So you can take a look at that as well before you choose um, basic, intermediate, or advanced. But don't worry about that too much. The committee will also assess what they think about um, in terms of where your where your outline is going and what they think maybe um, might be best appropriate. In addition to that, um, whether it's basic, intermediate, or advanced, how many years of experience do you think the attendees coming to your presentation should should probably have in order to get the most out of their session? And then we ask for a detailed outline and overview. Um, some potential teaching strategies, how would you engage the audience? Often people put in polling questions in their session. Um, you might want to put one or two of those. Those should be educational and informational type of things um, rather than items that would guide your presentation. Often we get polling questions that say, how many of you out there are nurses? And um, that can be done by a show of hands. Um, or you might, you might try some other things like Sheila was saying. Um, some audience engagement strategies, like walking out into the audience and, and asking someone point blank a question, or you might have some fun activities that you want to throw in there. And then finally in this section is providing a marketing paragraph or audience benefits for your, for your session. So that's under presentation information. Learning objectives is pretty self-explanatory. You want to just list out three to five objectives that, you're, that you want people to come away from. And then um, as both, uh, as, as all three of our guests mentioned today, uploading a draft of your presentation. Now, this is a, a change from last year, and we're asking for a draft. This will help the committee better assess um, that your presentation information and your learning objectives really is going to match what your presentation is going to be about. Um, often, there's a lot of time um, in previous years between the submission process and the actual presentation creation process, so we want to make sure that those things are all in alignment as we move forward. Now, this is a draft, not a full copy of your presentation. Um, so, you know, a couple of slides, a number of slides, um, as much as you are able to do to help the committee understand the direction that you're intending your program to flow. Um, we will provide more detailed information in a webinar format on how to compile your final presentation and some tips and tricks on that um, for those who are chosen at the at the end of the selection process. And then finally, as uh, Sheila Bullock, our nurse planner, mentioned, we did add an option for you to upload an audio or video recording of your draft presentation. This is an option for you. Um, our committee members felt that this would be helpful to them to hear the voice behind the presentation to better assess whether uh, folks are engaged and um, are really kind of a fun to listen to. But again, that's an option, not, not, a, not a requirement as some of the other ones are. So that's pretty much it for the um, online platform. I hope that you'll find it pretty easy to use. I think uh, last year was the first year that we used this tool, and I think that folks are pretty excited about, about using that as well. So uh, just to reiterate what the timeline is, as Sheila mentioned, the committee will take about a month from um, from now until the end of August to review, uh, excuse me, I apologize, I misspoke. So um, those who are interested in speaking will have about a month to submit their materials. And then at the close of that, the committee will have another month to review what is typically more than 175 proposals. And the review period will close in early October. The speakers will be notified. We will offer another presentation on how to best structure your presentation, 
And then uh, final presentations will be due in late November, early December. So uh, Faisal, do you want to talk a little bit about that final review process? I think as Jennifer mentioned um, last year, uh, we have a very robust committee, as you said, and we tend to take the committee's experience and, and, uh, and assign them certain tracks based on their experiences. Um, but it can be, a, it's, a, it's a really big task to review all these presentations, right, Dr. Hussein? Absolutely. You know, as, as Sheila pointed out, you know, we typically have around 175 proposals. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's, it is quite nice to go over each and every one of those proposals and make sure that, uh, to, to select the best ones out of the lot. You know, once um, we have chosen these speakers, they're notified. Um, usually around late November, early December time, the conference committee then, then conducts a final review to ensure the presentation meets the expectations outlined in the proposal and adheres to ACDIS guidelines, uh, compliant CDI practices, and contains no erroneous materials. It is the responsibility of speakers to ensure accuracy of all submitted materials, including the bios, the marketing paragraph, slide deck, everything. So make sure that you guys are on top of, of all of those submitted materials because once those things go into printing and everything, it's very hard to make those changes. Okay, thanks so much. Um, at this point, I'd like to share the results of our, of our polling. Um, the question was, what does your team see as the primary objective or goal in attending the ACTIS conference? Only 2% said training new staff members, 15% said educating mid-level professionals, 44% said providing advanced program enhancements, 5% said rewarding the team, and 33% said not sure. So I'll read those one more time. What does your team see as the primary goal in attending the ACTIS conference? 2% said training new staff, 15% said educating mid-level professionals, 44% said providing advanced program enhancements, 5% said rewarding the entire team, and 33% said not sure and don't attend. Um, so, Dr. Hussein and, and Jennifer and Sheila, what do you guys what do you guys think about that? You know, um, it is heartening to see that considering, you know, our profession has come a long way that most of the folks are attending the conference with the attention to seek more advanced program enhancement ideas. But, the, you know, we always try to make sure that there is something in it for every experience level attendees. So we try to have a good mix of basic, intermediate, and advanced sessions. And, and that's, this is Sheila, and that's true. And we encourage everyone to be engaged um, with the conference. It is a wonderful opportunity not only to gather new knowledge, but to network with your peers. And sometimes you will uh, bring gems home from just sitting uh, at lunch and talking to someone about what their program is about. That's my favorite part. Jennifer, anything to add? No, not really. I was just kind of surprised to see that training new staff was pretty low, but that's actually helpful for us as a committee to know how many beginner type tracks to, to be looking into. So it's nice to see the advanced um, program enhancements uh, will be beneficial to those attending. Absolutely, and I, and I appreciate 
all those folks listening today who participated in the poll, as well as the comments from our panelists here, absolutely we try and offer a good wide representation for all professional types and ex professional types and experience levels throughout the conference so that there's a little bit of something for everyone, like Sheila said, but we do want to make sure that the conference attendees get the most out of out of their sessions. So we will be taking their polling ideas into consideration as we as we move forward. So thank you guys very much. Looks like we're coming to the top of the hour here. So I want to switch gears here and talk about Actus Update. It's a regular feature that we talk a little bit about what's going on in the association. And in keeping with the conference theme, we're often asked to provide uh, repeat sessions during the conference. But there's so many great submissions, as was already mentioned by our panelists today, with more than 175, 180 uh, submission options to choose from and only 50 or so slots to fill. It's hard to say, oh, we're not going to take that extra one in favor of a repeat session. But this year, we created a series of webinars, which is ongoing now, that pulls some sessions from our popular clinical encoding track that's available on our marketplace. This series has four more programs left, and if you can't attend them live, you have access to the webinars on demand, which is really great. And we've had some great feedback, um, even just this week, from Dr. Kennedy's presentation on Coding Clinic, which was, which was just held yesterday, during which he even uh, updated some of his content to meet some of the most recent Coding Clinic updates. So that's been fantastic. We're also offering an expanded Actus Live which is based on our on our session, extremely popular session on malnutrition and the OIG investigations and auditor denials, and that will be on Thursday, August 23rd. It's a three-hour case study of Vident Health, and it includes various members of their team from the CDI department, the coding department, the auditing department, and even their legal staff will join us on the call there to discuss how they battled the OIG. And and to talk a little bit about what their malnutrition processes were. So I encourage you all to, to take a look at that. So at this point, I am showing um, that we are at the top of the hour. So that will do it for today's edition of Actus Radio. We'll see you back here in two weeks um, when Actus Director Brian Murphy will be back. And he will be hosting Don Valdez, and they will be speaking about encephalopathy. As always, if you have any suggestions for future guests or ideas about the format of the show, please feel free to send them to Brian Murphy at bmurphy at actus.org. I want to thank our guests today and appreciate all of you for listening. Take care and have a great rest of your day.